You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is Friday, May 7th. 2021 and today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Go on to Locker Room today, download the app on iOS or Android, interact with sports fans like yourself, host your favorite podcast, your favorite writers. Locker Room is a growing community, great place to interact, so go there and download that now. On today's show, we'll discuss the Yankees National Series this weekend, three-game set in the Bronx, and also talk about some lineup adjustments, the Nationals could slash should make, uh, what should they do with the order, try to get those bats back on track. And then also, what's the deal with F.B. Santangelo? We talked about it a little bit yesterday. I just realized I didn't talk about it yesterday. We'll cover it off the top, though, um, some some news with that. All right, so we'll, we'll touch on all of those things. Weekend preview coming your way on today's show. All right, let's get to it. whole lot going on. hope you guys don't hear much going on in the background uh, because the dog is outside wandering around. The dishwasher is going. You might hear some birds chirping. So a whole lot going on right now, but we're here to talk some Nationals baseball. Um, first things first, so I want to touch on the F.P. Santangelo stuff because I mentioned it yesterday on the show, and I said, yeah, F.P. wasn't around for uh, two or three broadcasts this past weekend, and then he was not, he was supposed to be on the, the YouTube broadcast yesterday. It was supposed to be Scott Braun, Mark DeRosa, and then F.P. Santangelo, and there was no F.P. Santangelo yesterday on the broadcast, which was a bit odd, and still nobody, I mean, it's it's all kind of um, quiet on all of those fronts right now at that situation. So I just want to kind of amend what I said yesterday, this is not me here trying to speculate on what's happening with FP. Um, you know, the, the story kind of dates back to a week, and for those of you not familiar, FP Santangelo is the Nationals color commentator, all right? So he is the color commentator for the Washington Nationals broadcast on Masson. He was supposed to be on the YouTube broadcast yesterday. He was not there. Uh, so... This is an interesting situation. It's weird because FP was brought back for the Braves broadcast. He was there for those. So he was there Tuesday uh, and Wednesday. Did not do the broadcast on Thursday, which was only broadcast on YouTube, which was something he was supposed to do. But it was just, as I mentioned, Scott Braun and Mark DeRosa. So this situation that we're tracking, because I know FP, you know, baseball is a sport that they play 162 games. So obviously the play-by-play color commentary voices matter a lot. Um, There's planned absences, like the one that we know for a fact was scheduled for, um, that just happened for Bob Carpenter. Uh, He's come, he should be back here pretty soon. There was one that was not scheduled. The one that was not scheduled was this one for FP Santangelo. A lot of questions surrounding why he is not there. So uh, that is something that we'll be tracking and, and we'll see. But I think he should be back tonight for the Nationals and Yankees broadcast by all indications. But we'll see what happens here. And um, this situation that began once again happened last weekend where he was gone for, I believe, two or three broadcasts. I forget how many. It was the game on Saturday, so I wasn't sure how many he missed. I think it was three that he missed. I think he missed the, the entire series uh, with the Marlins. So 
this was, you know, it started then. Masson uh, or the Nationals referred people to Masson for comment. Masson did not comment, said it was not a health issue. So kind of a lot, a lot of going around in circles right now. Nobody really knows what's going on, but we're trying to stay attentive. And I've been talking to people who are in the know, and nobody really does seem to know uh, what's happening there. People who cover the team, at least, don't really seem to know or have a good beat on what's happening on the FP Santangelo front. So just want to give an update there and amend what I had said yesterday. I had said that I did not know, you know, yesterday was an off day for the Nats broadcast crew, but it turns out that FP was supposed to be on that broadcast um, and was not. And then MLB.com, I don't believe, had any comment, any further comment on why he wasn't on the broadcast. So weird situation. We're going to keep an eye on it, let you guys know if anything gets updated, any changes the Nationals have right now. But as for tonight, I mean, I expect to have either – uh, Dan Kolko or Bob Carpenter. I don't know exactly how long Bob's vacation was supposed to be, but Carpenter or Dan is going to be on play-by-play, play, and I expect F.P. Santangelo to be the man who is on color commentary uh, for this weekend's series, which we will preview next. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, let's get to it. What is on the docket this weekend for the Nationals? Well, it is a three-game set with the New York Yankees. Now, the last time these two teams met, it was last season. Obviously, these teams were playing due to the regional uh, ties with the schedule, right? You only played teams that were in your region. The Nationals didn't make the playoffs. They only played teams from the National League East and the American League East. So that's the last time these two teams saw each other. But uh, this weekend, these two teams will square off, which is, you know, fun, right? Because these are two of the teams that, I mean, uh, the Nationals, obviously, World Series champions, got a player like Juan Soto. People obviously recognize and know, so that's uh, a big draw. Now he's not playing right now, but hopefully he comes back. And the Yankees are the New York Yankees, so it's always exciting when your team plays the Yankees. It's always exciting when your team plays the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, whether you're a fan of the team or you cover the team, so it's exciting. The Nationals, 12-15, and 4-7 and seven on the road, will take on the Yankees, who are 16-15, and 9-8, at home. And so here's a story coming to this game for the New York Yankees. For those of you guys who have not really kept up, kind of get you all primed. The Yankees were off to uh, an up and down start. I'll say that to be generous, uh, you know, this year. A week ago on Thursday, the Yankees were 11 and 14, I believe. Uh, yeah, so a week ago on Thursday, they fell 4 3 in 10 innings to the Baltimore Orioles. On that day, they were 11 and 14. Fast forward uh, to the end of Wednesday, so you know basically you know a week later or uh, you know a little bit less than a week later, they were uh, after their win against the Astros, 16 and 14. I lost yesterday, dropped them to 16 and 15. But uh, for this team, you know, to have 11 wins last Thursday and to have 16, uh, you know, as we sit right now, about to play on Friday and to be above 500 is pretty impressive. They won. Five straight games. They beat the, the Tigers 10-0, 6-4, 2-0. So pitching was has been pretty uh, pretty solid for them. And then uh, they won 7-3 and 6-3 against the Astros. Uh, Garrett Cole was good yesterday. And then the bullpen, things kind of went south for them uh, in that game. Your pitching matchups this weekend, it looks like Jamison Tyone's going to take the mound against Patrick Corbin tonight at 7-0-5. Uh, at Saturday, 1 o'clock, you can see that game on ESPN+. Plus. Corey Kluber against Max Scherzer. Corey Kluber is coming off a consecutive awesome starts as he goes up against Mad Max. And then on Sunday, it's Domingo Herman 
against Joe Ross. That game's at 105. So 705, 105, and 105 are your three start times over the course of the weekend. And what are the things to watch? Uh, you know, for the Yankees, the big story for them right now is they're dealing with a rash of injuries. And this is actually not, not uncommon for them. Uh, this is something that's, that's happened a lot, unfortunately. Rugnetto Dorr left the game the other day. With, looked like he tweaked his knee stepping on home. I think he's going to be okay. I, I don't think the MRI came back uh, positive at all. Gio Urshela, third baseman, who is a really big part of what they do on both offense and defense, left the game in the eighth inning yesterday with a knee injury. They're going to evaluate that and get an MRI. There's no immediate uh, news on that front, so we'll see what happens there with Gio Urshela. I hope, obviously, he makes a return. Never like to see a player get injured. And then right now at first base, they're trying to hold it down with a collection of guys. There'd be DJ LeMayhew or Mike Ford playing there some. Uh, because, and they've had Jay Bruce playing earlier on in the year because uh, they're Luke, Luke Voigt, their normal starting first baseman, is out. So he is out um, right now trying to come back next week. So Nationals, you know, luckily don't have to deal with him, but obviously you hope a player is able to come back and, and contribute to a team. So we don't like to see that kind of an injury. But, you know, with, with all those factors, you also have to mind what's happening well for the Yankees and the offense is starting to come around some. Uh, Aaron Hicks starting to come around a bit. He looked like he tweaked his hamstring yesterday, but he had to stay in the game. Um for them on offense as well, I mean, Giancarlo Stanton has been tearing the cover off the baseball so far, uh, you know, with, with especially the last, what has it been, like the last week or so. I mean, he is on a ridiculous hot streak. Um, leaving anything over the middle of the plate to him is a gigantic mistake, and hopefully the Nationals don't do that. I'd pitch everything to him uh, middle in, 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 you know, even in the hands. If you walk him, you walk him, because right now the guy behind him, Aaron Judge, is really going through it at the plate. So they've gotten good offensive lifts right now from Stanton. DJ LeMayhew's kind of normal. DJ LeMayhew's hitting a little bit worse for his standards, but 267 on the year, uh, 361 OBP, normally leading things off for them. Glaber Torres was hovering around 200, uh, maybe even below that. He's up to 243 now, so he's been hitting well lately. Aaron Judge is hitting 255, but it's it's a cold streak for him as of late. Urshela is a huge part of the middle of the lineup for them, 287 on the season, and then uh, here come the guys that have been struggling. The Hicks of the world, the Frazier's, Gary Sanchez off to a rough start. Rugnetto Dor is maybe the best 164 hitter in baseball. It feels like every hit he's got, he's had has been an important one for the Yankees uh, so far during his tenure there. But uh, Kyle Higashioka got off to a, a, a faster start and has slowed down as of late. So those are kind of the guys right now that you are seeing for the New York Yankees, and I'm sure some roster moves will be made by the time this podcast is posted, and by the time you know, we'll know later about who the guys are they're going to be uh, replacing some of those players that we know. So that that's something to watch is who are the guys that are coming up for the Yankees? What are the injuries? What's the state right now uh, for that team? Because they're playing good baseball, but the question is, can they get those guys back and ready to go? Their starting pitching has begun to improve. Kluber has been really good as of late. Domingo Herman, I mean, his job is kind of like a Joe Ross, right? Keep you in games. Uh, Eric Fetty's job, keep you in games. That's Herman's job. Like I said, Cole has been pitching very well. Jamison Tyone is an interesting case because he's had an up-and-down start of the year. That's a guy that um, second time through the lineup especially, or, you know, even after one inning sometimes he's had issues. But uh, that guy, you know, Jamison Tyone's a guy that they had pretty high hopes for coming over 
And it's not like he's been horrible, but he's not been quite what they've expected. And the Nats will not face, at this point in time, looks like they will not face uh, Jordan Montgomery. So there's really no reason to scout on on that perspective um, for the Nationals as they head into this weekend. So there's kind of an update on what, what we're seeing from the Yankees right now. Once again, 16 and 15 in a really loaded American League East. That's good enough for fourth place. Now, obviously, things for them right now, you know, we're 31 games in for them, but uh, they sit two and a half games back of the Red Sox. The worst team in that division is 15 and 16, um, and the Red Sox right now at 19 and 13. So a lot of good play in that division so far. Really aren't a whole lot of, um, much like the National League East, there really aren't a whole lot of crappy teams right now in that division. The Nats record might look crappy at 12 and 15, but let's be honest, they haven't been really that horrible this year, all things considered, um, uh, with the losing streak. Speaking of the losing streak, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll discuss what things they could do in the lineup to uh, maybe give this team a bit of a jolt. What can the Nationals do to rearrange things this weekend to hopefully get themselves going in a hitters-friendly ballpark? We'll talk about that next, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting, best-for-you protein bar in the game today as Bowie is rejoining me in the room right now. He heard Bilt Bar. He said, where? Where can I get more of that Bilt Bar? Bilt Bar guys, go to BiltBar.com today. They've got uh, a bunch of flavors they're offering right now. The current lineup, I will give it to you this batting order. It's a winning batting order, unlike the Nationals this past week, is coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. All those flavors are available if you go to BiltBar.com. Use that promo code Locked 15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, Locked 15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so what can the Nationals do to get the order going? And I was talking uh, to my good friend Connor Jones, guys who have been on this podcast before, about what should the Nationals do at this point to, to get this order in the right place. And we we heard Davey Martinez say yesterday, Kyle Schwarber and Josh Bell need to be a big part of this lineup if they want to get going, if we want to get going. They, they are going to be an important part of what we're doing here if we are to win baseball games. I agree with that to an extent. Um, there's a certain point where, look, the Nationals are really... It's, it sucks that there's no DH because, I mean, right now Juan Soto would obviously be able to hit. That would be nice to do. But generally speaking, when Juan is in the lineup, what they could do is DH Ryan Zerman a whole lot because Zerman at this point for them is the best option. Or you could flip it and have Zerman play first and, and DH Josh Bell. Whatever, whichever one you really want to do. It's kind of, you know, flip coin there. Um, defensively, I'm not sure how much of a, of a difference there is at this point in time. So... Ryan Zerman this year is hitting 314 in 51 at bats. Josh Bell is hitting 141 in 64 at bats. That's the first place you look. For the Nationals, we've talked about it. Falling into a hole is not something you can do. And so I would say, you know, they want to play those matchups, obviously. If it's a left handed pitcher, they're going to go with Zerman. But right now, it just seems like Zerman's hitting well in general. Uh, the Nationals. In general, like I just said, they hit lefties very well. Uh, it's just what they do at this point in time. They've been doing it great this year, but somehow their lineup still suffers a great amount. So 
I would say Zerman's a guy that could definitely give them a jolt. I would also say hitting throwing Castro fourth is just not what I would do at this point in time. Uh, that is not something I would consider on the date. You know, if you're going to put Bell in the lineup with no Juan Soto, you know, if you can't make that lineup, have, have a lot of teeth at this point in time, hit Josh Bell fourth. You know, with no one, it just it, we need we need to see some kind of uh, some kind of big bat in the front there. Kyle Schwarber, even maybe I know they want to drop those guys and get them some confidence, but at the time it's not like you got to be playing with a full deck at this point. You know, one one being out really throws a wrench into everything. And once one comes back, the the questions begin about okay, how do you structure this lineup with with one back in the lineup? Do you go with Victor at the top, then trade to? Uh, you know, then then hit Robles, oh, excuse me, uh, hit Juan three, right? What do you do with Yadiel Hernandez? You want to keep him in the lineup. Do you move him to the left field spot? You know, do you move Victor Robles out of the lineup at this point in time? I think the outfield is where I would begin to play with the current formation as you guys hear this bird in the background. I wish you would be quiet, trying to talk about the Nationals lineup. Um, I think the outfield is where I would begin to play with some stuff. So once... Once you get um, Juan back, you know, you maybe play with Stevenson some. Maybe you play a little bit with Yadiel some. Maybe you play a little bit, uh, you know, with, with this, the, uh, the outfield rotation with Schwarber, right? Trying to find some continuity because those spots need to produce more for them. Victor Robles, maybe I'd keep out there, but that left field spot, you know, maybe you give Schwarber a day or two off and bring him in as, as, as a pinch hitter, right? Just playing the matchups, playing the situations a bit more, but right now, I really do think that with how well Josh Harrison's playing, maybe you go Trey Harrison Soto. That's kind of how I feel. Their best four at this moment in time, I would go with Trey, uh, Josh Harrison, Juan Soto, and then Ryan Zimmerman. That's their best four. Stack those four right now. Five you can go with, um, you know, Starlin Castro. I think it's a great spot for Starlin is, is that five spot. Maybe you go Schwarber at six. Um, you know, Zimmerman's in there. Obviously, there's no bell. So Jan Gomes at seven. I like hitting the pitcher eighth. I like putting Victor Robles ninth because I think they can turn the lineup over more. I, I do not like the idea of a pitcher hitting in that nine spot just because it feels like, you know, I know sometimes with those good guys in the order, uh, maybe you, you would want to hit Robles eighth. You just stack in the order as best you can. But it, it depends on what you want to do with that, that part of the order, right? We talked about this before, but do you want to turn it over or are you more okay with putting that pitcher in that nine spot and just saying, look, we trust the middle part of our order? Um, at this point, they don't though. So my theory in putting Robles ninth is, hey, if you don't trust that back part of the order as a whole at this point in time, you know what you should do is try to help them out. Uh, you know, give them some, I guess, protection, right? Not putting the picture, the, the picture there, give them a chance to maybe drive in a run. If you put Victor, you know, at the nine spot and you like a chance for him to walk or get on base in some way, shape or form, that gives you an actual chance to turn over the lineup. And that front part, let them drive in some runs because it seems like that middle part, those guys like Schwarber and Bell and even Castro to some extent they're, they're depending on, can't get it done because what happened to them yesterday with those at bats where they got, you know, the, the top of the order didn't get it done there, um, and the, the back part of the order only got it done yesterday because of an error. But keep giving them those opportunities. Keep giving them chances to drive in the runs because if they don't, the team's not going to be good. Uh, I mean, you know, it's 
they got to keep creating situations like they did yesterday when Ryan Zimmerman got on, right? Trey Turner moved him over. Yadiel had an awful bat struck out, and Josh, Harris, Josh Harrison flew out. But if you invert those at-bats and, and you go with the uh, the Josh Harrison fly out, they score a run there in the ninth. The game gets extended. So they're kind of in a position to score some runs. And look, I do think their best chance is with is hitting uh, Trey one, Josh Harrison two, because he's just been money lately. And one of those two guys, it feels like, is going to get on base. Put your best hitter up there next with Juan Soto. Ryan Zimmerman, a guy who's been raking for you all year. You can put there in that four spot. And then from there, you can go with Stalin Castro, Kyle Schwarber, um, you know, and then Jan Gomes, who's been hitting the ball pretty well, right? I, I like the way Jan's been swinging the bat. And then you figure out, you know, with Robles and the pitcher, what you want to do in that situation. Now, on days where they play Bell, how would you how would you configure the lineup? All right, so in that case, if you're playing Josh Bell, what I would do is I would go with same front of the lineup. I would go one uh, or excuse me, Trey one, uh, Harrison two, one three at four. Maybe you bump Schwarber up there. Maybe I, I don't love putting Castro there. Um, maybe you go Schwarber at four. In, in a perfect world, you want to go Schwarber four, Bell five right, when those guys are doing well, but if they're struggling, maybe you do the sandwich where you go Schwarber 4, Castro 5, Bell 6, Gomes 7, and then Robles 8 or 9. So I would play with a couple of those things in the front of the lineup, but once Juan comes back, I hope he's hitting third because I think Josh Harrison and Trey are hitting the ball well enough. Well, Trey's not as of late, but Trey, generally speaking, does. He's just been so streaky this year. But one of those two guys can set the table for you, and then you got to trust Zim and Juan at this point to drive in those runs. I think we need to have an honest conversation about maybe playing Ryan Zimmerman a bit more. They want to get Bell those reps. They want to get him that confidence, but it's just not been there at this point in time. And so I think we should start seeing a bit more of Ryan Zerman. It's up to David Martinez, though, so we will see what he does. Once again, this kind of segment was just me spitballing, throwing stuff out there. Would love to know what you guys think. Find us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe. And one more note, Odyssey and Spotify are the places to get the pod right now because Apple's algorithm is not working. I checked uh, I looked up Locked On Nationals on iTunes or on Google right now, and the latest episode that you will see is from uh, I think April 24th right now. So Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher have been getting the episodes up in the right place at the right time. So go check those places out right now to get Locked On Nationals. Once again, though, as always on the show. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe. <laughs>